Welcome to the Grip City Golf Podcast, your source for new information, insightful interviews, and good old-fashioned banter about golf in Portland, Oregon. Today's episode is presented by Brink and Brown Sanitation. Introducing the hosts of Grip City Golf, Andy Dirk Johnson and Eric Peterson. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome in episode 18 of the Grip City Golf Podcast. We're hanging out here at Langdon Farms because the guest on the show today, I'm pretty sure he sleeps here like two, three days a week, but uh, we are joined by the Honorable Isaac Ropp. And before we get to the laundry list of questions, got to start with the three things at the top of the list. Handicap, home course, which I'm assuming we're here, and what's in your bag right now? What sticks you playing? Oh. Well, thank you for having me on your 18th podcast. <laughs> 18th episode. Very honored. Yes. Uh, 1.8, I think, is the latest revision I play here. And uh, I am a tailor-made uh, P... Are they 760? Yeah. What, which ones are the Rockets? The 790s? 790s, yeah. I have the 760s. Okay. Yeah, tailor-made. And are you a sponsored athlete, or do you have to buy them yourself? Well, you know what, Eric? <laughs> I had a friend at TaylorMade that... That's a yes. Uh, I, they're not. They weren't free, but I had an in. Yeah, you got a contact number I can get. Well, he's gone now. Damn. Yeah, they turfed him. They turfed him. Gave away too much free <laughs> shit. It's like Eric when you used to work at Nike, probably getting hit up for those old clubs all the time. All like, the hey, time. come on, help me out a little bit here. No, he know? left the company, but at the time I was lucky. He was. I know him through Nike. He used to work at Nike. Yeah. He was at TaylorMade, and so he got me some P760s, and they are great. Yeah. I really like them. I'm a TaylorMade P12. So, I look, I've been listening to you. We've known each other for a long time now. Yeah. Listening to you for years. Um, I, I thought you guys, like, saw each other every day, knew each no. other really well. I only <laughs> no. learned last week that That's you guys hardly ever oh see God, each other. Oh, my God. Dude, I'm out by 9.05. Exact opposite <laughs> schedules. Yeah. Afternoon guys never see the morning guys, and the morning guys never no. see them. It, it's so, Dirt, you wake up what time in the morning? Like 4 30 or four, something? Yeah, 4 something. What time do you wake up in the morning? 6. 6 a.m.? Yeah, but I'm older than Dirt. Yeah, I used cool. to do mornings with Colin Cowherd. Yeah. And I hated every minute of mornings. It's hard. What, the, what Dirt and Sprague do is harder than what Suk and I do. It's hard to turn yourself on at. Super hard. At yeah. six o'clock in the morning. You gotta be on, you gotta be ready. You can't be cranky. You know, sometimes you're groggy or yeah. you're cranky or whatever. You gotta turn all that off. Yeah. It's it's not easy. It's it's a it's an art form. I never got used to it. It's funny because it's when he's talking, it sounds easier than when you're talking, it sounds difficult. <laughs> sounds really Yeah, hard. I think that's right. Yeah, that's but works, that would yeah. be true no matter what time <laughs> slot. <laughs> we did. Yeah, there's like we hit it like a three out of five day clip, I think. Two, two of the other days from like 6 to 6.20, it's like this sucks. Yeah. Like I it's groggy. don't want to be here. Yeah. And then you, you got to fake it. You slowly get going as the day goes on. But no, I mean, so I've never known though, like how did you get into golf? Is it lifelong thing, adult thing? Like where did it start for you? So I, I did not play as a young person, but I got an internship at the American Junior Golf Association when I was um, towards the end of my time at, at the University of Kansas. I was looking for something to do for the summer, and I had a buddy from KU who was a program, or a, not a program director, but a, a tournament director at the AJGA, which, you know, I mean, that's that was at the time, and I think it still is the premier junior golf uh, tour in the U.S. Tiger Woods played on it, and mm -hmm. I mean, it was, you know. It's like the PGA Tour, man. It's like, big, yeah. yeah, and so I he got me in there, and the, it was a summer internship, and they took they had three different regions, West Coast, middle of the country, and then East, or maybe it was South. And they took kids like me, paid us $700 a month, put us in a van with a trailer, 
with four strangers no shit. from all around the country. My, my uh, folks, one was from Oklahoma City, one was from Chicago, and two uh, Mormons from Utah. Those the five of us. Never met them. You meet in Atlanta. They go through training. They throw you in a van. Here's the keys. You're going to the West Coast. So you run, you, you, you know, like all the golf stuff, like steak and rope, um, all the grunt work, uh, t- the pairings. I mean, just you learn how to run a golf tournament, wow, basically. Cool. And then the, and then the uh, tournament director flies in, and he, you know, he, he's in charge, or he or she, but they kind of tell you what to do. You're just a, yeah, you know, ops. an intern. Yeah, ops, exactly. What a cool job, though. That's awesome. It was a lot of fun, and it was really interesting to just get to know these people and – I mean, it was wild. We had some wild times, and I could tell you a million stories about that summer. But um, I, I got lucky and got the West Coast swing, which ended up being sort of a, a huge moment in my life because one of the tournaments for the AJGA at the time was right here at Langdon Farms. Right. And that's how I got introduced to the Northwest. Northwest was completely off my radar, never been up here. Nike sponsored this tournament, and I came up here, and it was 75 and sunny the whole week we were here. It's like, oh, my gosh, this place is unbelievable. <laughs> so that's how I ended up actually um, sort of becoming a P1 of Langdon Farms all these years later. We have a great relationship with them now, mm-hmm. but um, it started way back then. That was like in 90, maybe 98, and it's also what got me to move to Portland ultimately, which is a whole other story. But Did that um, come years later, though? This that was, came yeah. a couple, three, four years later. I yeah. went back to Kansas. I, I tried to get on at the AJGA full-time <laughs> after I graduated, and I missed out. It was between me and another guy who was in my van for my West Coast uh, swing. Was it one of the Mormons? Tom. It was not one of the Mormons. <laughs> Boy, those two. But Tom from Oklahoma City got on there. And uh, he, he beat me out, and so I had to go back to Kansas City and bartend, and I ultimately ended up – I always had Portland in the back of my mind because of that, and uh, I moved out here uh, because of that. But that's how I, I kind of got into golf and saw the other side of, like, you know, d- putting on a tournament and what goes into it, and it was really interesting to me, and so I've been interested ever since. So you came to Portland – I mean, it was because of your, your job in radio, but it all kind of went no. back to – No, no, no. No, I had no, I had nothing to do with radio. I'm just one of those nomads who moved to Portland from the Midwest. I had, just, I was a bartender at the time. Really? So that, you moved to Portland to be a bartender? Uh, I moved to Portland to get away from. I needed to kind of get my life, yeah. yeah, going. And um, cool. I was in my mid to late, uh, 25, 26 years old, 20s, and I just needed to. And I figured if I could, if I was bartending, I could do that anywhere. Yeah. Right. And so yeah, might as well check out a cool, uh, cool new part of the country and. Get, get, you know, kind of get my stuff together. And um, that's the rate. <laughs> how I got into radio is completely <laughs> lucky and serendipitous. And here we are 20 years later, but um, that's how that started, yeah. So how quickly did the progression go from you from being a guy riding in vans, not playing as a kid? Sprague told me on the way out, he said, ask Rob how much money he spent to get good at golf. Like, how quick uh, was that progression for you? Was it, has it to been... To get good at to it? To get to where you are now. Well, so I was, you know, I was 20. I didn't... Through my 30s, well, through through the early part of my 30s, I was just a weekend warrior. Um, where'd, I, you, where'd you play in those early years? Did you play here or did you play other places? Where did we play? Red Tail, yeah. Heron. Um, but we didn't play much. I would play, you know, I'd just get those charity scrambles or whatever and play in those. I didn't, just didn't play. I wasn't into golf. I wasn't, even though I worked for the AJGA, I went through a long stretch where I didn't play. I didn't care to. But I finally just got so tired of sucking when I did play. 
And I had a sort of a schedule in radio. You, sure. you know, afternoon show at that time was established, and it's like, okay, well, I've got the time. Um, didn't have, you know, my kid was a little older, and so I, I it kind of just fit my schedule. And I decided, you know, I want to golf to me, like when you watch some of those guys on the pro tour, like Ricky Fowler, for example. I mean, golf is so interesting to me because to have success at it, it's more about the strength of the mind than the body. And that is fascinating to me because you watch those guys like Ricky Fowler and he's five, eight, a buck, nothing. And he is so freaking good at the game. And you go, well, it's not like basketball where you got to be six eleven or football. You <laughs> right, got to be built right. like a tank. We don't have a chance out of the gate. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what is he? Ha- what is, what am I missing about this game that I'm so bad at it? And that's what was so interesting to me is, is just to find out, go on that journey to find out, how to actually hit the ball better and get better and like in in golf is so endlessly complicated that 15 20 years later after starting journey to get better i'm a lot better as a player but i'm still crap like <laughs> right. i don't i'm not that good like no. it's i'm still learning things every time i play and so it's it's really that it's the i just think it's such a interesting game it's like this never-ending dangling carrot. You know? So when you were getting going, starting to improve, were you reading books or something? Like no. what, what were you doing for the mental game to, to practice? Well, the mental part is only sort of now creeping in. I think for the longest time it was about your swing or my yeah. swing. It was about getting lessons, understanding. You know, I went through the shanks, man. I had bad shanks for like six months. And I'm, I will to this day claim that I'm a much better golfer because that happened to me. It was horrifying, and I wanted to quit. I did quit for a time. How long ago was this? This was about five years ago now. Yeah. And I went to Bruce. You can talk to Bruce Furman. You know Bruce, the <laughs> teacher here? You can talk to him about it. He worked me through it. But, boy, you know, you don't talk about mental. I was a basket case. Were you hitting chili peppers up Lee Jansen's ass? Was it that bad? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> the quote from Tin Cup. It's a Tin Cup, oh, yeah. He gets Roy on the gets... range and starts shaking <laughs> him down the line. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was bad. Yeah. And I didn't know why I was Six hitting Six months, him. too? I mean, that's a long I time. I just could not correct him. And, wow. I, you know, and it gets worse as you, the more you think about it because I'm yeah. a head case. And so, um, so I got through that, and I just took lessons and kept just – I just kept trying to get better. So for the longest time, it was the swing. It was just trying to get the swing better. But the mental side of it, you think you have that all – you think it's all about the swing. Like, for me, for the longest time, it's like, oh, just – you just got to know how to hit the ball, and then everything else will be fine. Well, now I know how to hit the ball. I'm a pretty good golfer. I can get around, right? I'll go out there and shoot 80. And it's like, what the f- Where did that, that come from? Yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah. so I'm learning now more about how to play golf and score, you know, how to free yourself up to just hit it instead of thinking about X, Y, and Z in your swing, you know? So that's really the part of the journey I'm on now, and I'm 47. So maybe by the time I'm 90, I'll you'll get it figured I'll out. Understand. <laughs> I'll like, understand. I feel like we're on a therapy call right this now. This is like great, dude. Theory. I had a I had a, a bout of the shanks legitimately like three weeks ago out of nowhere at the range, and I just I couldn't hit it. Like I were hit you hitting off mats, off of mats, and just started doing something with my hands, going too far. I don't know what it was, and it it freaked me out. Like I was going through an dude, existential crisis. It is the worst feeling in the world. How yeah. did you get it? I just kept beating balls, beating balls, trying to figure things out. And I feel like I'm back in a good spot now. But even I wouldn't play last Friday. And it'll creep in now when I'm hitting off yeah. mats at a range because yeah. it's like in Me my too. head. Yep. And I'm like, oh, God, can here I it comes you, again. Can I tell you something terrifying? <laughs> oh, no. It never leaves your head. Yeah. Ever. It's always in the I back of your mind. I am to this like, day I could, yeah. standing over a ball going, 
what about those shanks you had five <laughs> years ago? It's unbelievable. But and that's the thing about golf that's yeah. so fascinating. But um, it, you know, if you know how to hit it, I think I think the biggest thing was learning, because you never hit it perfect, right? Like you, know, you hit it perfect maybe once or twice a round. So it's learning how to hit it, uh, where to hit it when you miss hit it, and like sure. learning what you do wrong when you miss hit it. That was the biggest thing. It's not about learning how to do it right. It's about learning how to understand what you did wrong and keeping it on the rails. <laughs> For me, hold it together like, as long yeah, as you that's, can. That's really that's golf to me. So, so Isaac, <laughs> tell us how you got introduced to Langdon Farms how, when you first started playing here, and because now, like, I think when a lot of people think of Langdon Farms, they connect you yeah. with Langdon. Well, so I'm just curious, like, how that all started. To their credit, they have stuck with me as an endorser, and um, I mean, I couldn't tell you what year we started together, but they, um. They, sounds like you were an endorser back in the late 90s from day one, right? I mean, well, they loved this place, sounds like, for a long time. <laughs> they didn't know it at the time, but I loved this place, which yeah. is which is why, as you know, in radio, you know, the it has to be a fit. It has to be a two-way thing where the company has to like you and you have to really like the company. And this we have just a lot of synergy. I didn't really start playing a ton out here until the last, you know, like seven or eight years. Um, I'm playing more now than ever. Um, but... They just, they were a sponsor at the station, and I've developed good relationships with these people out here, David, and you met Tom Melitas, the owner, is he's awesome, and they just have a real continuity here. They've had a lot of the same people for a long time, uh, even even in the bar, you know, it's like, the, you see the same faces, and that ch- tells you they take good care of people, and they take good care of me, so um, we just have a really good, they get my value, promoting them on the radio, I think it's... Um, good it's great for the course they, they're busy um i'm not saying that's all because of me but it probably is uh, <laughs> it all started seven years ago <laughs> <laughs> but uh and i understand the value of them it's like it's just a, it's just a great partnership it's i've never had a better relationship with a client of the station because we, we that's how we got hooked up was through the station than than these guys what is it about because i think anybody who plays here you know the one thing that stands out is the drainage is best yeah. in the area bar none no right question. like if you're playing anywhere in December or January, you look no on Langdon question. Tea Times and you're like, okay, is any available? Yeah. What, what else is, I mean, do, is it the layout? Is it the challenge of it? What is it about Langdon? Well, I that think love? that they have, I think that they have the best value, overall value in the area because I don't like to just play. I like a good restaurant, you know, I like a good bar. You need a 19th hole, uh, yeah. I like um, a good driving range. <laughs> Uh, like I need, I want my greens to be in good. Like I'm a little bougie about my sure. golf, and I think that. But I also am not a country club guy by any means, and I and I just don't. I I you know I'm a public golfer, and so I I do want a little bit of an elevated experience, but I also want value, and I think Langdon Farms hits every one of those notes perfectly. I mean everything they do here is is top notch. They they do. You mentioned the drainage. You get spoiled playing here in the winter. For sure you do. Play here in the winter and then go somewhere else a couple weeks later and play, you'll be like, "Oh dude, I'm going back to Langdon." I can't do it. You're losing balls in the fairway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. They'll just go to China. Yeah. <laughs> it's seriously. Yeah. I've had it happen. It, it yeah. doesn't happen here. Um and so it's uh they invest in it and they just take good care of it. The greens are always good. I feel like anytime you play here, you get good greens. You know you're the course is going to be in good shape. You know you're going to get good food and drink, and you can watch a game. In the, and then the driving range is great. You know, they have the north end of the driving range. You can hit off grass over there, and um, I use that during the winter. I don't know where else, other than I think Twilight Island Greens mm-hmm. has a little grassy area where you can hit in the winter. I don't like hitting off mats, and 
uh, because I, I really hit down on the ball and chunk it all the, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> so I like to hit off grass, and that's really one of the only places. It's a, it's a, it's a sneaky good driving range for yeah. that. You know, so have you guys ever played? I know we've all played in a scramble tournament here. Have you guys ever played in like a, a stroke play, like a Northwest Golf Guys event? I have not at Langdon Farms. No, I, I have played. Uh, yeah, Travis, good, good guy. I think he does a good job. I've played in a few of their events. Yeah, for so sure. So one of the things that kind of to your point about the, like the what makes a course great, like one of the things that I love about this place and is important to me generally is that it's approachable to beginners and really good golfers mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. same. You mm-hmm. know, it depends on the tee you play, whatever. At, at Langdon, I've played a lot of scrambles here, and what I love about playing in a scramble here is there's a lot of the fairways are bordered by these, like, ridges where your ball will feed back in the fairway, right? <laughs> yep. and so it's very yeah. driver-friendly. And so I like, the, like it for that reason. It's approachable. Um, but then I've also played in, like, a tournament where you want to play well on your own ball, and they can put some pins in some places, dude. Oh, like, God, yeah. And the t- from the tees when they're back, where it is a top-tier, difficult golf course without being contrived or rinky dink by any means and i that's right i think that's like one of my favorite things beyond the conditions and the service and the facilities but just how approachable it is to such a wide variety of golf that's a good point they also have eight tees so you can play here and play it a lot of different ways depending on what number you play you know what tee you play but you're right the greens are what keep you honest out here i mean they're they're definitely tricky and subtle and yeah there's some pins that are that are killer and if they start growing up some of this wispy stuff you know, if they really want to make it tough, you're right. You can take it. You can take it to where it's like premium on the fairways here. Yeah. Well, and I love too that it's not like sometimes you play courses where it's driver wedge, driver wedge, driver wedge, and there's there there's nuance here where it's like I'll, there's different holes where you can think about do I want to hit a driver here? Or I can hit a five iron. It'd be That's totally right. fine, and you can kind of think your way around a golf course a little bit more. As opposed to somewhere you just kind of blow it all over the place and just make up from from there. I, outside of Langdon, where are the places you love playing most in the Portland area? Well, I love well where I love to play or where I do where I get to play. Either or, because I think that uh, is it is which the private side or is Ghost which which that's one of my favorite courses in yeah. Oregon. I love that golf course. The private side at Pumpkin Ridge is tremendous. I don't get to play there often, but um, I love it. Uh, we play OGA mm-hmm. um, a lot. We're gonna play Stone Creek some. Ooh. If I ever, le- you know, if I get out of here, I usually go one of those two. And then uh, Columbia Edgewater is a, is a favorite. I've got some buddies that are f- members there that I get lucky to play yeah. there. That place is great. They that, do a good that's a good there. track right there. I'm ex- I'm playing OGA tomorrow. I'm excited. I haven't been down there yet this year. Yeah, it's good. I just played in the mid am qualifier out there. Ooh, in, in thirty degree winds and. <laughs> Sideways Wait, it the, rain. It was at the U.S. Mid-Am qualifier? <laughs> uh, local, the Oregon one. And how did it go? Yeah. I shot 79 qualifying. Uh, they, I think they took 18 that day, and they it, 77 made it. Or 77 oh. got into a playoff. But I was really happy. We were talking about the mental side. I was really happy shooting the 79. The conditions were awful. This I mean, yesterday? it was. No, this was a couple weeks ago. Oh, good. And I hung in there. I had doubled two of the first three holes. I mean, it was brutal. And I hung in there and made a couple birdies on the back nine and, you know, fell short. But I was, I don't know. It was bad out there. And a lot of guys, I mean, you should have seen the scores. I mean, I was, there was probably 120 players. I was top 30. Wow. But didn't qualify. There were guys. You were some, close. Yeah. Some dude played at Yale. Shot like a 65. Next best score was a 72 or something. Like, man. There's an outlier in there somewhere. Yeah, go yeah. play against 
Yeah, go beat up on. So is it was that like is that like a new? Are you trying to challenge yourself yeah. more tournament yeah, yeah. wise this year? Like yeah. that's yeah. I love that. I, that's the next thing for me is. Yeah. Um, I like I like a good money game, as Eric knows. <laughs> but uh, I like yeah, tournament golf is is different. It's you know? fun. It's different. You got to put everything out and. You know, like we're talking about the mental part of it. It's just a different test. And so, yeah, I want to see. That's kind of the next evolution, I think, for me. Kind of grind through it. Those four-footers, all of a sudden, when they matter, they 100%. actually matter. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. yeah totally it's a different, different yeah. It's a different game, and it's interesting to test yourself in that way. Now, do you have any good Rob stories from his uh, trips down to Bandon over the years? Mm. Well, he and I met at Bandon, I think, mm-hmm. when I was the communications marketing guy down there. And you were with the Joey Harrington event that he used to do down there. Yep. And... You know, all these athletes, and there were a lot of, like, famous people that come through Bandon, but I knew Rop's name, and I knew that you were with the group. Um, but all those guys were out, like, kind of, they had their little fraternity, and but I felt like I could actually have a conversation with a media person, and so Rop and I just sort of started chatting about what we could, you know, how I could get him down there. I did the same thing to Dirt and tried to get him down to play. I was like, bro, you can play for free. Like, oh, and he never up. came? He never came. What an and then I finally got down there, and now it's like he doesn't – now I'm screwed. He's not he doesn't work there anymore. Yeah. I know. Well, you've got other connections. Here's a yeah. question for you. So Eric Peterson's contacts in his phone when he works at Bandon, probably like 2,000 people. Once you don't work for Bandon, 200? <laughs> It's funny how many friends you lose when you when you suddenly leave Band and Dunes. Well, and then they'll they'll still ask me like, "Hey, Eric, I know it's been a while, and I know you don't work there anymore, but but <laughs> yeah, you haven't heard from me in three years. But you got any contacts down there that I could hook up with? <laughs> so, what's the definitive Isaac Rop Band and Dunes course ranking? Oh yeah, uh, I go uh, the the OG number one. Okay, I think uh, Band and Dunes, the original, is the best course. Um, I would put. I think mm, it's between Trails and Pacific, number two, but okay. I, I think I'll probably go Pacific. Trails, three, but I love Bandon Trails. Yes. And it's grown on me over the years. Uh, Sheep, four, and Old Mac can uh, pound sand. You don't like it? I, I, I mean, it's a great course. I mean, come on, it's Bandon, right? Sure. But um, it is definitely last on my list. I don't like uh, um, being in five-putt territory, if you know what I mean. The greens are just... I mean, they're enormous and they're bonkers. weird. It, they're bonkers, exactly. It's like, and I think the middle of that course gets a little unmemorable. It's just the same. I mean, there's some memorable holes. I think the finishing stretch is good, but in the middle, I don't. I'm not a huge yeah. fan. Where do you put preserve in there? I mean, oh. a lot of people think that. Well, it's not a, an, a. It doesn't belong in the official list, but some people do think it does belong. If you were to put it in with the rest of those courses, oh wow! I've only played it once. Oh really? Yeah, and I I remember it, but I was also half in the bag sure so i don't after like 36 you go show up barefoot drunk (laughs) yeah eight o'clock at night on a summer night Uh, i remember it being great though it was at 13 holes yeah 13 yeah i'd probably put it right by sheep i like sheep i think sheep ranch is great you like sheep i'm anti-sheep i I just why I, i i don't think the views are incredible yeah but outside of a small number, I feel like, I mean, the first time I played it, I remember, like, on six of the holes, like, where the hell am I going? Yeah. Like, there's not, like, yeah. there's three that is out true. in the distance. I don't know where I'm shooting. There's no bunkers, which is good, because I'm not a good bunker player. But just in terms of, the, like, you just, it can't come close to OG Bandit or Pacific. Yeah, I like it because it sort of fits their portfolio. In other words, the Pacific is just difficult. Yeah. Um, and I, I just think they needed an easier course that was more gettable. And it's tough when the wind's up, but yeah. they just made it. It just kind of fits with everything else they have. It's a little different. 
than the others, and I love that. And yes, the views are the views are killer. The, view, the views are great. So speaking of this, I'm, I'm curious, best golf trip you've ever been on, mm. and what is your dream golf trip? Like, if you could draw one up in your head, what yeah, would it be? I went to, um, my wife and I and son went to Scotland uh, for Christmas one year, and uh, I debated playing, but, you know, it's a family trip, and I didn't, I don't typically mix the two and carry my sticks all the way over there. It's like, sure. I forget it. So, and it was winter, right? So, and I do all this research on how to play St. Andrews. I'm by myself, so I'm figuring, well, maybe I could do it. And then I say, ah, nah, forget it. We get over there. It's like December 20th or something. 65 degrees, sunny, not, and we, we go out there. We were staying in Edinburgh at the time, which is about 30-minute right. drive. We drove over there because I said, guys, we got to go to this town. I got to see this course, even though I'm not going to play it. It was 65, sunny, no wind. Nobody was out there. And I just was looking at my wife, like, going, oh, my God. Did you just look up in the sky and see Jesus? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just, it was like, uh, so we walked it, but I was just so pissed. You so, didn't end up playing it? No, like, just, I, yeah. no, we were just not, it was later in the day. And okay. It just, I could have easily played it had I just planned it. Right. But I chose not to plan it. So, I, so. You're a good family man. St. Uh, St. Andrews or a Scotland tour is my dream. Okay. Like, g- getting through. Scotland and Ireland and all the all the big great courses over there would be my my dream trip. And then when you actually plan a trip out and it's official, it'll probably rain yeah, sideways. For sure. <laughs> of course it will. <laughs> so what's the best one you've ever been on then? What's your dream like what's oh, your man. when you think through the years? Cuz golf trips are I mean, they're the best. I look forward to them every summer. We got to play Shadow Creek in Vegas. I was going to say Vegas is like Dude. up there in your list, right? Of like Well, I it's we, totally different than Bandon, but still I would imagine you Keep that in a pretty. You know what's funny about category. Vegas? <laughs> I was just there last uh, weekend, and um, I was talking to somebody. Of, I don't play a lot of golf there because we. When every time we go, uh, we just it's hot, yeah. and I just and I go with my wife. I usually don't play golf, so I haven't actually played much golf in Vegas. But we did play Shadow Creek, and I would have said before playing Shadow Creek that I would never pay $500 for a round of golf. We got this one in a charity auction. Uh-huh. It was funny. It was like Charles Barkley and all the – I think Charles Barkley was the one who donated it. It was the Caddies for Cure. Okay, okay yeah. You know, back when they were around. And they had this big charity auction in, the, in this big foursome package for Shadow Creek comes up on the screen. And people are bidding. It's a live auction type of thing. And uh, nobody bid. Like, there's all these celebrity uh, – like, sports people in the audience and stuff. King Griffey Jr. is there. He's a big golfer. Nobody touches it. And I just looked at my wife and I just went, uh, <laughs> quick paddle raise. <laughs> and I got it for like, I think I ended up paying 2000 bucks for a foursome at Shadow Creek and two nights at the Bellagio. Oh, man. What? Yeah. And so I invited a couple friends. So I got, I mean, I was like, I just don't think people knew how elite that sure. course was. Or if they did, they'd already played it or something. But nobody <laughs> cared about that. And so I bought it. And uh, I got to play that, and I would have said I would never pay that much money to play a golf course. Um, but after having played it, I would pay that money to play a golf course. It's there. worth it. It is so good. Yeah. Every hole is so good, and it's just it's perfection. It's built perfectly. And it's, it's like this oasis in the middle of, of the city. The strip mall is right across the street, <laughs> and you go in there, and you can't see out. It's like you're in Central Oregon. It's really wild. So if you ever get a chance to play that, that one was a good one. And I don't know. I have a lot of fond memories of Central Oregon. Trips to Central Oregon. There's yeah. so much good golf over there. It's incredible, yeah. and Almost too much, I feel like. Yeah, there's a lot. You know, yeah. And we just had such a good time going there for years. How hard was it thinking of the three people you were going to take to Shadow Creek? 
Yeah, that was a hard one. That's a hard. Yeah, that's that's a tough list to crack right there. Yeah, and I'm you kind go of, good timing guys. Do you go good golfers? Like you know, most enjoy family members. I went with the three guys who would appreciate it the most. Like yeah. I'm not going to invite somebody. It's like where are we playing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, five hundred bucks. I don't yeah. know about that. Yeah, it's a rip off. Uh, so the three guys I took, they were ended up being. A good we had trip. a great, tri- yeah, we had a great trip. Yeah. <laughs> so that was one of my most memorable. <laughs> Little Vegas mix in, I love it. Uh, you got anything else you want to get to EP before well, we I get mean, the big got finish? EP? I, I've got a list of questions here. Uh oh, uh, he's got a whole piece of paper printed out. Yeah, I printed out a piece of paper. <laughs> he's he's official. I go off the cuff. He prepares. So we we like to do this segment called Driver Off the Deck, where okay. we just throw random, quick hitting questions at you. Okay. And some of these, as I'm typing these up, I'm like. These are perfect for Rob. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, but you have to, it's like quick hit. Okay. So there's no like, hey, let me think about that. Okay. Yeah. All right. First question is, this, this section, we have segments within the segment. <laughs> this first section is called, if you had, if you had to choose one. Okay. Walk or ride? Walk. Hat or visor? Hat. <laughs> You not a visor guy? Can you pull off no, the visor? No, I, I like visor. I got yeah. a visor. Okay. Yeah. I feel very pretentious when I wear one, and then yeah, people it's are, a little. People are judging me. It's like it's, a fedora. Yeah. Like, only certain people can pull it off. Yeah, I can't wear it outside of a country club. I love Keith Mitchell though. It, it, yeah. The, I watch Keith Mitchell. What do they call I'm him like the that. Big Velvet or what's his? He's got uh, swag, man. Cashmere yeah. Keith. Cashmere Keith. That's is that what, what they call yeah. him? Yeah. And his and his pants are a little hiked up. It's like, dude, he's kind of on point. Do you dislike? Sorry, sidebar. Do you dislike golfers based on what they wear and how they look? Sometimes. Because I do that sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, that guy just, what are Boy, you? Wait, some of those guys, like Hovland, why is, who dresses Victor Hovland <laughs> yeah. and Adam Scott? It's like a floral pattern or he works at UPS. It's like, like can guys, we, dude. can we get a woman's eyes on that? Can we go like navy blue, white shirt? Yeah. You know, let's clean right. it up a little bit here. Staying okay. in the theme of fashion, <laughs> foot joy classics or flip-flops? Flip-flops. You mean to golf? Yeah. Flip-flops. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I would pick that too. Yeah, pro barefoot. I've never been a foot joy guy. Ooh. What if they're gator skin though? Flip flops. <laughs> beer or hard seltzer? Oh, uh, I don't uh, beer. Are you not a drinker while you play? Do you drink? You know, I have really. I used to be. Yeah. Uh, it's not it's, good for your mental game. No. Oh God, no. I do. I don't. You don't feel like you can find that like happy medium where you it's, can, but yeah. most of the time, I mean, it's there, but most sure. of the time you don't. Yeah. And it's no, I don't. I don't drink any. I don't drink that much anymore. Anyway, I used to be a yeah. big drinker, but I'm not as much anymore. I used to drink on the course, but then I realized I. I it's once you start actually paying attention to how it makes you feel and how, what it does to your game, it's not good. Most. Of the time, so I usually wait for the first triple of the day, then you crack a beer. Like, all right, round's done. I mean, every <laughs> once in a while, yeah. Say you're out of it on fifteen. Yeah. It's like, all right, give me a drink. Yeah, whatever. We got nothing to play for the rest. Yeah, of the I don't night. like either one of those. Okay, <laughs> yeah. we talked about both these places earlier, but let's be more definitive. Bandon or Vegas? Well, I got to go Bandon there. Are you talking about just for golf? If they had a casino at Bandon, it's not even close. But I have an itchy. Uh, I like they, to they have the mill, the mill casino. Oh, they do. Yeah, we stay there once in a while. Have you ever been there? Try not to get shot. <laughs> <It's bad. Yeah. laughs> old old town Bandon. It good. is bad, but it's a great place to stay. If you you go the night before, stay there, and then drive to Bandon in the morning. Ooh. It's 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 not a bad way to go. I mean, if you're into like wheelchairs <laughs> and oxygen tanks, like it's <laughs> yeah. a cool place. Eric was a P1 when he worked down there. That was his spot. I'm into that. That was a hangout. He didn't like Coos Bay. <laughs> we, we already talked about this. The one course at Bandon. Sounds like it'd be OG. Uh, the the original brand, OG yeah. Bandit. Bandit Dunes. How about one course in Vegas? I think we already know that too. Yeah, I don't. I don't have much knowledge outside of Shadow. 
I, the we always stay at the win. I, I want to play there, but I haven't yet. Early morning or sunset? Uh, early morning. Okay. Like first first time. First out, out love it. Two hours. You were played saying. played the other day. Teed off at seven. Done at nine fifteen. Does part of you? I know I miss that sometimes too. Like not having the ability to play early morning rounds on the week. Do you miss not? Did, were you? Did you ever play twilight rounds prior to prime time? Because that's kind of that's like totally out of the conversation for you. Prior to oh oh like prior to prior to being three to seven. Uh, it's like going to happy hour. No. Like it's just out the window. You can't can't do it. Yeah. And at that time, I wasn't playing much. Okay. So it's been mostly mornings for me. I'm a morning guy. Some people say, "Why would I want to get the best part of my day over with at the very beginning?" Yeah, I could see that. And so it's like sunset round. I'd rather do that. I think I'm only a morning guy just because that's how my life has worked out. If I were in dirt shoes and he's, I, I would pro- if I, in other words, if I could compare the two, yeah. and I would probably end up choosing Twilight. Twilight. There's something about Twilight and then sun going down, having a drink, nice right summer after. night. And yeah. when I think about when I think of sunset round, I just think of playing the preserve or abandoned dunes and the sun yeah. setting, and it's like, man, there's nothing. <laughs> the wind has calmed, and yeah, yeah. no, nice, I hear you. Nice night. Tiger or Jack. Tiger. Definitive? Yeah, love Tiger. Tiger or Tom Watson? Tom Watson's a KC guy. You I know, know he is. KC guy. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> oh, man, I, that's my guy, Tiger. Tiger's my guy. Okay. Okay. I love Tom Watson, though. Yeah. Caddy, for, Caddy for Life is a, is a must-read book. Oh, is, is, it, that, is that by his caddy? It's about his caddy, yeah. About his caddy. Yeah. By, is it written by Tom? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's about, Bru- it. uh, what was his name? Bruce Lee. Bruce. No, that was the golfer, wasn't it? Yeah, Bruce, it's Bruce something. Bruce something. Yeah. Bruce, Brucey. Bruce, Bruce Edwards. Tiger lost his caddy this week. Saw that. Tiger Go- doesn't need a caddy. Well, he's, no, he's, he's not playing for a while. He didn't die. Like, <laughs> sure, like he's still alive. <laughs> yeah, he's, well, he might with Patrick Cantlay because he plays so slow. Uh, all right, let's, let's, I like these ones. I, we've never done this with a guest before. One word association, is well, that what Rob, we're doing? It's, it's, it's Rob, so it's like, you know, these you are special. thinking of funny things and it's, it's. Okay, one word association, Gary Woodland. USA comes to mind because he always wears, I mean, he's a KU yeah, guy. I yeah. should say rock chalk, but he always wears the red, white, and blue, like any won the U.S. Open. He did, Pebble. So, the first thing that, huh? You're saying America. 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 He did, he's America. got a lot of red, white, and blue in his, in yeah. his closet. Yeah. There's a lot of that in his outfit. Greg Norman. The shark. Okay. That's it? I don't know. You're, are you saying the first thing that comes to mind? I'm trying to egg you on. Like, <laughs> like, well, what a hot take that's going to go viral here. Local Portland radio host no, craps all over like, Live Golf. Greg Norman <laughs> is not known as the shark lately. He's known as either something really good or something really bad. Well, yeah. Um, I think he's a douche, but uh, I don't know. He's there. That's a whatever to me. Yeah. I think he's kind of a blowhard. Did you go to the Live event when it was in Portland? Uh, no, but I watched it on TV. Did you? Because I wanted to see, I just wanted to see Pumpkin. Yeah. You, didn't, you actually didn't watch it on TV. You watched it on the internet. <laughs> no, that, uh. Yeah, that was a YouTuber. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> it wasn't on cable. They didn't get CW until this year. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We, the Grip City Golf Podcast was out there, baby. We what were on it? the range. Did you, what did you guys think? <laughs> I mean, it was, it was weird. It was the best way to put it. Like, yeah. it, it felt like a U.S. Open, but there was like 15 people there. And watching Phil Mickelson warm up on the range at Pumpkin Ridge was really weird. Yeah, I liked watching them play holes. I love watching those guys play courses yeah. where I've played. And I know the shots and I know the holes. Yeah. I loved watching that. But uh, I don't like what it's done to golf. 
your just the the divisions and the because I mean it's been in the news all week this week where Gooch is getting booted out of the U.S. Open. They yeah, changed the qualifying that. rules for him. Yeah, they're still chasing after their points. Sergio's not paying a fine to the DP World Tour. It's like and that's never what ending. I mean. I don't like this divisiveness. Yeah. It just sucks for the game. But well, I heard somebody bring up too that all the villains are now like, who do you hate on the PGA Tour? Because mm. most of those guys, yeah, were all the Bryson, to- Patty Reed, it was all those guys. Oh, yeah. There's not a lot of unlikable guys. Uh, I can't lay kind of grinding my gears. Yeah. Moving too slow. Slow play. Uh, speaking of which, Phil Mickelson, first word association. Goofball. Yeah. What about Brooksy? Douche. Okay. <laughs> Tiger will win another major. No. That was no. quick. No chance. No chance. Will we ever have a PGA Tour event in Portland? No. I don't think there's the political will to get it done. Okay. You know, Gay Davis tried to get that, you know, he tried to get, uh, I think it was PGA Championship out here for years, or yeah. out Pumpkin for years, and he just just couldn't get it done. I just don't think the political will is there. I would love to see it, but. That was part of the reason why it was so cool, I thought, to watch Liv, was just see how they lengthen the course. And yeah. And see, like, that, you can, and I think the winning score was, what, 15 under? Something, 13, 14 under, somewhere in there? won that? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of sums up live golf. Uh, we kind of hit to it earlier. The last thing it I was wanted Charles to... Charles Schwartzel, I think. Charles Schwartzel? Was it? God. Jesus. It might have been Bruce Leitsky, though. It was one of the two. <laughs> Either or. I think Tom Watson's dead caddy won it. Uh, yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, last one, I was curious. We kind of got to this earlier, but we love, we talked about it a couple episodes ago. Uh, we all we have our golf goals for this year yeah. in mind. You kind of hit on a lot of mine of like the mental side and work, thinking your way around a golf course a little bit more, challenging yourself a little bit. You mentioned tournaments. What are Isaac Robb's golf? Like where are the weaknesses? What are the goals? What's the 2023 outlook for Isaac Robb? Mm. I would like to uh, perform... I would just like to be freed up enough to perform well in, in tournaments. I'm going to play more tournaments. Okay. Like good tournaments, you know, with, against some good players. Yeah. And Truly challenging yourself. Yeah. That's cool. And is that a new frontier for you? Yes. Yeah. I think that's just kind of the next. I don't get a lot anymore out of. I like. I actually never used to like to practice. Now I really like to practice. But I used to love to just play to practice. Now I don't get a lot out of a round that isn't competitive. Isn't that weird? That's kind of weird. But I just, I just am into trying to test myself. And the next thing is um, sort of getting in that space where I'm not thinking about swing and I'm out there just playing golf and seeing what I can do. That's cool, man. Good for you. Just executing shots. Mentally. Now, is a money game enough yes. pressure? For, so if, you, is, if, yeah, there's, yeah. if you're playing with buddies and there's something on the line, yeah, that's it, enough to scratch the itch. Yeah, it really bothers me when people don't like to gamble. But I get it. I mean, well, I get if, it. If, but if they don't, it's like, well, then what are we doing out here? That's it's how I feel. Giggling. Like, well, what? What are you doing? What well, do we like, do? Why are we even alive? It, it's the it's the best thing about golf because you have handicaps that are involved, and you have the yeah. ability to even right. the playing field for literally everybody. Yeah. So I like to find uh, I like to find good money games or uh, okay. play a good tournament, and okay. I just want to yeah, I just want to play better in those in in those moments. You know, that's my goal. I love it. I love it, man. Well, there you go, Isaac Robb. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the pod, buddy. Thanks for having me on number 18. <laughs> Episode 18. Good to see Eric Peterson. Do you ever see Eric anymore now that he has two kids? Never. Yeah. We, I, haven't played, I haven't played golf with Eric in two years. It's amazing how And we you, do a podcast together. We played golf out here <laughs> yeah. with Tony Fazlari, and, and then yeah, Eric has two year. kids, and I haven't seen him for yeah. five years. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I was telling you earlier, every time I see you, we have another child. Yeah. So I don't really know what that means. My wife's probably listening, thinking that there's some sort of deeper meaning to... <laughs> 
<laughs> By the time episode shoulder? 42 comes out and we re- revisit say, Rob, we'll have another. This yeah. might mean uh, uh, the boy is coming. Mrs. Peterson, he's coming home today, all right? you had two girls, right? <laughs> Do you want to go for the boy or is two enough? I'm, I just, I'm thinking about where we're going to play golf next. That's all I'm really thinking about. Yeah. See, he needs I to work that. the mental side of the game for Eric because he's you got to get you get in a bit of a how'd you play this the last couple rounds because we didn't even talk about your banded trip you're just abandoned I played okay in banded I'm kind of with Rop where when there's when when it matters I I feel myself just trying to I focus more clicking in yeah yeah, yeah clicking in and and so at Bandon, yeah it was just a fun you know bros trip like most most trips to Bandon are but when you're with the right crew there there's an element of I want to beat these guys and I want to play well. Right. And so I've, I played better than my handicap. Um, plus I know those courses pretty well and the wind didn't blow much. So okay. it, it was kind of a, it, it, it set up well for me, but if we just go out and play like at stone Creek, I played last Friday with some friends. We had a little action, but it, I kind of like lost attention a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of playing well, I still had fun, but in terms of playing well, I wasn't yeah. a, so we're kind of similar in that way. Well, you you played as a kid, didn't you? Weren't yeah, you? I played as a kid. Yeah, you can tell when you play with Eric. He's got that oh god, yeah, syrupy swing that so he my, learned the swing <laughs> early. Yeah, when I I, when I we both grew up playing East Moreland. It's in the neighborhood where we grew up. Did you guys grow up together? No, no, not quite. Okay. Uh, he, Eric's a few years older than me, but we both grew up kind of playing that course, and on, so it, it's a fun thing. I never broke an eighty there. It's a challenging course. You yeah. miss fairways. It's, no, it's not easy. It's a tough track, right? Yeah. So last year I broke eighty for the first time at East Moreland, and I was psyched. Came on the next pod, shot a seventy-eight at East Moreland, mm-hmm. eagled eleven, just feeling great, all timer. And Eric says, "That's pretty cool, buddy. Yeah, I played in a one club challenge there one time with a seven iron, and I shot a seventy-six. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Sort of like that. Thanks, buddy. Thanks." Uh, I did want to squeeze in. So RJ, who is a P1 of primetime yeah. and a P1 of the Grip City Golf podcast, uh, he threw a couple questions at us. I'm going to throw these at you too before we let you go up because okay. you got to do your day job. Uh, are you? How do you keep score? Are you a basic guy? Are you a phone guy? Old school card? Track fairways and greens? Ooh, how do you keep score? Good question. Uh, I have a golf GPS app. Okay. And what I I usually just play. I don't like to keep my score. I don't like to know where I'm at. That's another thing about the mental. Yeah. I just play the hole. Write it down, move on. Uh, now, of course, if I'm playing a match, I need to know where I'm, you know, one up or one down or whatever. But um, typically what I do is I, I go in and put my round in shot by shot into golf shot GPS after I play. That's how I keep So it you're going. saying that during the course of a round, you don't know, like, I'm two over, six mm, over. I have an idea, but I, I just, I try not to. I try to um, just play the hole. I just, yeah. it's, I just find it. I've been, there have been times when I've been four or under on 15 yeah. and I go double, double bogey, you know, because I'm, because it's, I think about it. I'm like, oh, and then all of a sudden, and you don't think you're thinking about it, you but are. you are because look <laughs> at your scorecard. And so that, I, that's again, part of this journey of like just golfing, just golf the ball, play the hole and worry about everything else later. That seems to help me play better. Now, let me ask you this because I'm curious. So I keep I like keeping paper scores just in case this, the rare occasion something happens that yeah. you want to like keep. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like I feel like with sporting events, you used to have that. You go to a big game and you'd have the ticket and be like, dude, I was at that game. Somebody had a game winner. This is the ticket stub. Uh-huh. And now we don't have those anymore. Do you miss – Do you are you that – do you keep score – like did you used I to have, keep – Yeah, I okay. have hole-in-one scorecards. So will you go back then and like fill out a scorecard after you get yeah. a hole-in-one? Okay. Of yeah, what your round was that I day. Would. The last one I had was at Edgewater, and they filled it out for there, yeah. We were playing a money game, and so, so the guy had it, and he had great, <laughs> I mean great 
penmanship. It was it <laughs> looks so glorious. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, he put the one in the Oh, it's beautiful. It was uh What'd you shoot that day? Yeah. Oh, 75, I think. Oh, that's pretty good. Something like that. What's the hole in one count up to now? I have uh four. Four. Dang. Three here and one there. Okay. And they come in bunches. Never think you won't get one because you will. It'll happen. And it, you will. And because uh, I was that guy, I was like, oh, I'm never gonna get one. And then, I mean, I got, I think, three in a year. Have you? Is one of your three here at the volcano hole? Two, I have two six? of them there on six. Yeah, and it, they were the same exact shot. Hit it behind the pin, and it rolled back and in twice. Front pin though. I feel like the Front back pin. pin there is a tough. I mean, that's oh. a tough one to ace, dude. Yeah. That's one of the when the pins in the back on six at Langdon Farms. Yeah. It is one of the hardest holes in the state. RJ, I love RJ. RJ's a good listener, man. He's he just texted this morning, dude. said, yeah, we're coming out with a new pod today, so I want to get his questions in. By the way, are you a putting mat guy? A what? Putting mat guy? Do you putt inside, indoor putting? No, I have a putting green at the house. <laughs> Do you really? Yeah. My wife let me put one in. <laughs> did she? Yeah, is we it did. Turf? It's synthetic, right? Yeah, it's synthetic, and it's small, but it's, um, we oh, didn't want to do, a, we did a landscaping project, <laughs> and the, the landscape guy knows, knows I, uh, I'm a golfer. And we didn't want to do grass because I don't, I don't want to mow or do any, any sort of manual labor. And so he said, you know, it's not that much more to put a couple cups and uh, just do you a little, a little turf down right there. So I talked to my yeah. wife, and God bless her. She's fantastic. She's like, oh, great. <laughs> and so it's, yeah, we have a little. So I'm always out there putting. Yeah, yeah. And guess what now sucks in my game? Putting. Yeah. Exactly. It's the beauty of golf, isn't it? That's a great way to end it. I love it, man. Well, Isaac, Rob, thanks for coming on, buddy. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me. Good luck with the podcast. Hey, there you go. Hey, go low, everybody. Thanks for listening. I ain't slowing down. There's rules I love to break and bend. Mistakes I've made again and again. But I tell you this, my friends, I'm still around. I hit it hard, man. So far, man. Given up by now, all the rough I've seen, these ups and downs, somehow I just keep on playing through.